What is going on, guys? This is your host of the Clubhouse Sports Podcast, Frank Estrop, and welcome back into the Clubhouse. Um, usually I do a couple outlines uh, or full-on notes um, for these episodes I bring you guys, but I'm going to actually go straight off the dome with today's episode, which is Big Blue Breakdown. And I wasn't going to do this um, for this game, but there are a lot of things to talk about and there are a lot of things to praise, but a couple, um, a couple negatives uh, as well. Uh, So let's get into the exciting stuff here. Before we do that, I want to... You know, remind you guys, you can find us on Twitter at pod underscore clubhouse, Instagram at clubhouse.cast, and pretty much any podcast platform you want to listen to your podcasts on. But Danny Dimes, very exciting time if you are a Giants fan. Uh, Daniel Jones exceeded expectations all over the place, Um, whether it be his actual arm which we knew was good, but he could be conservative at times. His accuracy was on point besides a couple Eli-esque balls, whether it be high and there was one low that I remember off the top of my head. And um, But overall, his accuracy was on point. There's a couple of balls in the red zone. Uh, a couple of the long balls he could have placed better, but overall, there's nothing to really um, shit on when it comes to Daniel Jones's traits because what really stood out to me is the offense changed with him at the helm. I expected it to be more, he's going to be limited by play, Pat Shermer's play calling, but he helped Pat Shermer open up the offense. And I mean, I should have saw that coming. I, I, you know, he is a mobile quarterback, and the things that can do for your offense is what it did last night, and it helped them win the game. That's why, you know, we had Eli for these past five years, and he lost all of all of his traits deteriorated. And I was, I was a big Eli supporter um, until the very end, um, until the last, really, the last two games. Um, or even before that, but I understand that he had lost all his traits, but watching Jones play last night, or at least his traits had fallen off, but watching Jones play last night really highlights what we were missing, and that's a quarterback that can use his legs to extend plays, and even use just his brain, because you look at some of the the plays where he kind of swung out of the pocket, Carl Nassib brings immediate pressure on the left side, and Daniel Jones, before he it even Carl Nassib is even a step, three steps before he's even there. Jones is swung out to the left side and on like while he's moving and turning his body, sends it. Absolutely sends it with a, a beautiful ball to Darius Slayton. Um and then gets hit and he takes the hit and gets right back up and is moved down the field. His poise in the pocket was really impressive. His Leadership was really impressive last night. I mean, he was clutch. 
on his first start as a rookie in the NFL, um, all these negative comments, all these hateful comments, all these just general expectations from Giants fans who, at this point, um, before the game at least, we still don't like, and I'm speaking generally, but I'll speak for myself because I don't like speaking for other people. So I, I, you know, I'm still waiting out on the pick, but before the game, let's say, I didn't like where we picked Daniel Jones. I think the value is off. We could have gotten him at 17. We probably could have gotten him in, in the second round. If you really wanted to get him, uh, and this is at draft time, um, you could have traded back into the first like you did anyway. But, you know, we did draft him, and he, I'm on board with it even before the draft, uh, even before this first game. You guys know I'm on board with it. Uh, I support what the team does. Um, to a certain extent, there's some things that obviously I don't like what's going on, and this was kind of one of those things. But I'm I I do I did like him as a quarterback. I just think the value was off. We all know this. A bunch of Giants fans feel this way, but nobody expected this. Um, and I'm not going to say he's he looked like a franchise quarterback last night, and I think in some areas it's sustainable, and then other areas it's not as sustainable because well. It is one start. We'll see how he progresses going forward. But I think what we did see last night in that one start is more important. What, How he played the game shows what kind of quarterback he's going to be. My main concern with him coming into this game and into the, his career is, or was, that I knew he had the arm. I knew he had the mobility. But he was afraid to use it at times at Duke. I, I always, uh, in a game against Miami last year, I always remember, um, he had a clear uh, – well, the tight end was open on a seam route, and he had a clear completion and probably a touchdown because uh, the tight end could have gotten around this uh, and behind the safety and then just scored because um, you have safety and then green grass, 30-20-10 touchdown. But Daniel Jones decides to pull that down and check it down to his running back. And that was one of those times where being too conservative can get you into trouble, and I get it. Um, being a game manager with a good coach and being in a good system is, uh, it works in this NFL today and it is efficient, but having that ability to make plays down the field is also just as important. Look at Mahomes. He has both. He has great coaching. He's in a great system, but he also has that special talent to just move the ball himself, whether it be with his legs, whether it be with his brain whether it be just with his arm, um, some of the throws he can make. we all have seen it last year. We've seen it the first two games this year. He's scoring an incredible rate. He has all everything. Daniel Jones, I felt, was too conservative, but he had the ability to pop it over the top at times, and he's a little inaccurate downfield. Um, of course, I prefer Haskins still. I am excited. We'll say this. I, and I'm, I'm trying not to contradict myself because I know I said, but I, I, I'm not, I'm, let's put it this way. I'm not, I may sound like I'm contradicting myself, but I'm just hesitant. I'm hesitant and I, I, I'm excited, but I'm, I don't want to get ahead of myself because like I said, it's one game, but 
let's continue on that path of that one game being show, showing what he showed in that one game. He reminded me of that throw to Slayton where he kind of just escaped the pocket before the pressure even got to him. There was a couple times where he let it get to him, a couple times where he evaded it uh, last second, and then that one play, which really impressed me, and this sticks in my head. This is why I mentioned it the second time. Carson Wentz did that that week before against the Falcons, and that's the sign of a next-level quarterback. That's a sign of a quarterback that can do everything. But he, he, the crazy, he opened up this offense. He added something new to this offense, which I didn't even think about that that could be a possibility because you see Eli freaking playing like a cardboard box out here, out, out there, the games beforehand. It was so stagnant. And the Barkley injury, I'm not even like. I'm 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 sad that he's hurt, obviously, but I don't even think it's going to impact the Giants that much in the grand scheme of things. I think that uh, obviously it's going to put a little bit more on Daniel Jones's back, and you know, play action most likely goes away to the extent you would have it with Barkley. Opening it up with a run game does go away. The Gallman is nowhere near as dynamic as Saquon Barkley is, but. Look at this game, the second half of that game. Daniel Jones won that game. And I think he can go into MetLife and do it again against the Redskins because if you look at how they're playing against the freaking Chicago Bears, Mr. Trubisky, um, you're letting Mr. Trubisky put 21 points up on you. I think that's the score as uh, at time of recording. I think Daniel Jones can go into MetLife at home and easily win this game. But you do go at home against the Vikings, who could probably shut him down with defense and control the game with Dalvin Cook, as they've done. There's no change to that game script against a Giants defense that is, um, you know, we'll get into it in a second. And then you go to Foxborough, which if this defense does show improvement in the next two weeks, the way they played against the Bucs overall as a team, whether it be special teams, um, Daniel Jones, the offense, um, or the defense, which played. Yeah, I I still want to get into it. It's a winnable game if it steps up if they step up, but you are in Foxborough and you are against the machine that is the Patriots, who are the most efficient team in the NFL. So, but my point here is. And if we hadn't won that game, we go to 0-3, and it's looking bad. And it's looking, all right, this is probably oh, And that's how the reaction on Twitter was first half. We might go 0-16. Blah, 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 blah. You know, the, you know how fans are. Very um, one-dimensional, overreactionary, etc. But it's, it's positive thinking from here on out. Jones added positive thinking to the fan base. Um, he added positive thinking to the coaching staff. He added positive thinking to the team. It, it's really amazing what one player can do and one game can do because instead of 0-3, like I said, we are 1-2 and two and we can go home. The Giants can win against the Redskins at home and you're all of a sudden at 2-2 two and two and back in it. And even better, the Eagles, my Super Bowl pick, by the way, are 1-2 and two 
And then they're playing the Packers, and the Packers look stagnant on offense. So we'll see how they play. But if they lose that game on Thursday, that's one and three. And the Giants are in business in terms of the division. And obviously the Cowboys are a big roadblock still right now. But Jones, my point here is he just adds something. He adds everything, honestly. And I know that sounds hyperbolic, but you know what I mean. He's – I've said it all just now. He's added so many things. It, I, I'm at a loss for words, and, and we're Monday night here. I wanted to let a couple of things – you know, sit and settle in, and I wanted to see about the Barkley injury. And I've thought about the Barkley injury, like I said. He, he's going to be missed, but Jones showed the capability of being able to carry this offense, which Saturday night, you'd think Barkley, you know, we're running through Barkley, right? And we want to show, establish the run in the first quarter, which they showed both in the Cowboy game and the Buffalo Bills game that they want to go to the run first and they want to play through Barkley and run the offense through Barkley because that opens it up in so many ways. And then you can kind of open up the passing game through that, open up play action, open up him in the receiving game. And then that opens up Ingram because the flats are covered and then you have the middle of the field and you have Shepard on slants, blah, 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 blah. But the defense is so bad that we fell behind and, you know, you can't go to the run game because that chews clock. But now Barkley is injured. We have Wayne Goldman back there. But Daniel Jones has mobility. He has poise. He has accuracy. He has arm strength. He has the ability to make throws in the pocket. He has receivers who can ice. You know, Evan Ingram's played the best on tape that I've ever seen him play. He looked so fast on that touchdown run. He was going up and getting balls. He was His hands were great last night. Um, his route running was great. Darius Slayton pr- played really well. He was getting open. He was catching balls. Sterling, adding Sterling Shepard back into the offense does amazing things. So now we have a pass-first offense, and that's so weird how things change, right? It's just, I, I don't, it's, it's crazy. I, I'm excited for this game on Sunday. And I'm excited to see how Jones continues because he has all these tools and he showed so many things against a defense, a Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense who was playing really well the first two weeks. I know people say, oh, it's the Bucs, it's the Bucs, it's the Bucs. And yeah, we thought on paper that defense was going to be pretty bad. It was going to be average to below, below average. But they were getting pressure on Cam Newton. They were getting pressure on uh, who they played with on. They were getting pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, (coughs) (coughs) Montez, (coughs) excuse me, Montez Sweat had six sacks right through the first three games or first two games. Um, Correct me on that if I'm wrong. Somebody hit me up on Twitter. Uh, I don't want to, I don't have the stats in front of me because like I said, I'm going off the top of the brain, uh, top, uh, off the top of the brain. But, um, sorry for that misstep there. It's just 
I'm so excited to see this offense. But now, and there's a couple of things. I, I mentioned Ingram. Daniel Jones, I mean, we knew he, a lot of the times he avoided pressure and he great. Uh, he stood in the pocket, he took those hits, or he got the ball out. Um, or he, he always did get the ball out, except for those two fumbles, which he's got to watch, um, which you, you learn that that's just picking up in-game tendencies, um, muscle memory and stuff, knowing where the defense is in. Uh, not muscle memory, but knowing where the edge defender is at all times um, in the pocket. And that's one thing Eli got really good at, and you could even see it in the Bills game. He had that awareness. But Jones also had that awareness. I mean, he has spatial um, awareness, and he had the mobility. It's, it's great to see because the Giants for so long, Eli had that, um, at least in the pocket. I mean, he's not nearly as fast as Jones. He's not nearly as athletic, or he never was. And he, and he can't run. He never was really able to run in the pocket. And obviously his in-pocket quickness and, and awareness went out the door a while ago. Um, but to see that reintroduced in the form of Daniel Jones, and I want to, it, it bears repeating it. It really does. Trust me. It, I'm, I'm just, I'm over the moon about this offense going forward. Um, even without Barkley. But the defense. Now I like what I saw from Brett Conley. I like what I saw from, uh, Zimenez. I like what I saw from Lorenzo Carter. I like what I saw from who else? I'm trying to think. Marcus Golden to an extent. Uh, Alec Ogletree, you know, needs to have a little more awareness. But uh, all these positives, and we eventually get to the big negative, which is still the secondary, because while DeAndre Baker played better in the first half, or played better in the second half, post the worst first half, um, he still has a lot to learn. And um, now, he was a big man-up guy in Georgia, a lot of man coverage, and he was really good at it. But, and this was his calling card, but what are we seeing in the pros? Blown over the top, blown over the top by Michael Gallup, blown over the top by Chris Godwin a lot, uh, got mismatched on O.J. Howard a couple times. Jabril Peppers looked terrible against O.J. Howard. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, wow. That's, that's just, that was just a plain mismatch. And Jack Rabbit, Jadoris Jenkins, as much as I, I'd like to blame it on him, and there's a lot of blame to be placed on him, um, one, he needs safety help. And two, Mike Evans is 6'5". He's what, 5'10", 5'11", 6 foot? There's a 6-inch, 7-inch difference between Mike Evans and Janoris Jenkins. And Janoris Jenkins needs to turn his body when he's defending a pass. He needs to try his best to keep up with um, Mike Evans. Because there's a couple of balls he played up on uh, towards the end of the game that were actually defended passes, defended well. Because he played with his body facing the ball instead of turning around and let Mike Evans get it beat um, over the top. And you could see at the end of some of those plays, it, it really was just a mismatch, whether it be talent, whether it be size. Mike Evans was probably just a better route runner um, and faster than, than Janoris Jenkins. But uh, you could still see a little bit of a lack of effort, and I don't want to talk shit, but this is all objectively speaking. He, he did not look great. 
Let's see how he plays against Terry McLaurin next week, because that'll be a real test. Um, I don't. I I've said plenty of times that I think he be, he should be cut, and uh, there's definitely a case to be made for it. But my personal feeling is that he, um, you know, he he's not he's not good anymore. He's not a good man to man corner anymore. Um, the defensive play calling was a little bit better from James Becker. Uh, we played a little bit more man, a little less zone in the second half, obviously, because we were behind. Um, I did like what I saw on that end from a coaching perspective. What else do I want to mention before we wrap up here? Obviously, the end of the game, Matt Gay did miss the field goal. And Bruce Arians, I don't understand why you stop the clock and then take the delay game. And then that moves the ball back to get a longer range field goal, right? Why would you want that with your rookie kicker to get it to two extra points, to get it to extra point range? Where he was four for four on field goals for the first two games, and but he had missed the two extra points. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. I would just want a closer field goal in any capacity in any time of the game, and it did end up biting them in the ass. They did lose off that field goal, and the Giants did get lucky, but no, they didn't get lucky. The Giants deserve to win that game. That is not a game the Giants deserve to lose, and there's been plenty of games the Giants deserve to lose, whether they have lost it or not, and in most cases they have lost it. But, god damn, Daniel Jones, that final drive. See, I was grilling, um, making steak and chicken for my friends and my family. Um, but I was watching it on my phone on the NFL app, and I did see it. He, He's a leader. He, he looks like a leader on that field. He, he has such poise. He, I'm so excited. But I don't want to ramble on too much. Um, I may have repeated myself a couple times in this particular edition of the Clubhouse Sports Podcast. But as always, like I said at the top, you can find us on Twitter at pod underscore clubhouse. Find us on the gram at clubhouse.cast. You can find me on Twitter at frank underscore astrab. You can find me on Instagram at frank underscore astrab. Uh, no, you know what? Don't follow me on social media. Social media is stupid. Unless I'm marketing for the podcast or uh, promoting it. I don't really like social media. I don't fuck with it. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, obviously, Frank's film room is coming up. David Montgomery versus Miles Sanders. Finally trying to get those Deshaun Watson projects and um, Jared Goff. Maybe projects coming. But, um, you know, been busy with school. But no excuses. We are on the grind this football season with the podcast. Let the work speak for itself. Tell me what you thought of this episode. Big Blue Breakdown, edition number one. The Daniel Jones era is upon us. Praise be. It's an exciting time to be a New York Giants fan and a New York Rangers fan. And a New York Yankees fan, but I haven't been really following baseball. I know they're really good, and they are one of the um, 
I think they have the best league record in the league as of now, and they definitely clinched the AL East. I know that. But baseball is pretty boring. Anyways. Danny Dines, baby! Catch you on the flippity flop.